Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Good morning, world, and welcome in to Trust the Tape, episode 37 million and two. Uh, I'm Jeff Cavanaugh at JC1053 on Twitter, alongside my co-host, who is doing the stuff of legends today. You know, Michael Jordan had the flu game when, really, I think he just had food poisoning or whatever. Um, That's the only one I can think of off the top of my head. But Dane Brugler, as you'll be able to find out here, is he's under the weather. And it's strong. I'm surprised. It was a heroic effort to get out of bed this morning, much less do a podcast. Yet here he stands, the great Dane Brugler. As it happens when you have a two-year-old and a one-year-old and they pick up more germs than you really want to think about. But... You know, it was, a, it was a productive weekend. Went and saw Santa. Um, oh, I saw the picture. That was incredible. It looked yeah. like they had the opposite of a great time. Looks like your children hate Santa. Well, you know, it's it's a timeless tradition when you hand your little babies to a stranger with a white beard and you expect them to be okay with it. <laughs> yeah, you know? I, I mean, think it probably went well, all so, things considered. Yeah, they freaked out. They screamed and cried, but that's why I go to Bass Pro Shops because it's free. Oh, okay. Free Santa, free pictures. Is he wearing camo? No, it looks like a regular Santa. Standard uh, suit? Yeah, the reindeer behind him looks a little like freaked out, like someone's about to shoot me, but you know, okay. besides that, uh, but you know, I, 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 my first year, I took my son and he screamed and cried and I paid $30 for a picture that doesn't really look that good, so that's why I'm going to Bass Pro Shops from now on. Yeah, I would just skip the whole deal, unless they said, I want to go see Santa. Yeah. You yeah. could just go ahead and skip that. I feel like it's an obligation as a parent. I mean, if you celebrate Christmas and all that, it's kind of an obligation, you know? Well, yeah, you gotta, but now you're going to look back at it and your kids are going to look at that picture and be like, it looks like I was traumatized. Like, <laughs> why'd you do that to me? It's not going to be like, thanks, Dad, yeah. for taking me to see Santa. All kids need a little tra- trauma. What's the... Uh, probably just trauma. Trauma, yeah. Traumatization, tra- maybe? Trauma in their lives. Uh, it helps. It's, it's, it's a good thing for them. So, no, it was, it was a good experience. Uh, hopefully... It sets them up for next year being a little better, but we'll have to see. All right, now what are we doing here? We don't have big college football games to talk about, unless you want to talk about the uh, the UNT Mean Green. I think they play on Saturday. I think their bowl game's on Saturday. I don't know who they're playing against or what the bowl is. Yeah, we have some of the lesser bowl games coming up. Um, I mean, we real quick touch on uh, the Heisman. Uh, no surprise there. You know, Baker Mayfield came home with it. Um, any surprises with you with the voting, how, how it turned out? Um, no, I tell you what, I didn't watch, and I don't know how the voting turned out, Dane. <laughs> how was the voting? Did Baker get all the votes, basically? Yeah, he cleaned up. Yeah, uh, that's what, I think that's what I thought. It's I saw the ratings were down for it, and I'm not surprised, because it seems like the last two years there's been, oh, right around zero drama associated yeah. with the Heisman. We knew who was going to win it, so like, I, you know, I'm a college football fan. We talk about college football partially for a living and uh i didn't feel like i needed to watch it i knew no here's people uh, just texted me like baker won and i was like yeah i know i knew a few weeks ago (laughs) one defensive player finished in the top 10 who was it uh bradley chubb 
Roquan Smith. Oh, Roquan Smith. He actually received three first place votes. Well, he is a badass. He is. He's a certified it's badass. A little surprising. Uh, for those that didn't see it, the top 10, Mayfield won by a large margin. Bryce Love, two. Lamar Jackson, three. Saquon Barkley, four. Rashad Penny, the running back from San Diego State, five. Jonathan Taylor, Wisconsin running back, six. Mason Rudolph, Oklahoma State quarterback, seven. Mackenzie Milton, quarterback of undefeated Central Florida, eight. Carryon Johnson, Auburn stud running back at nine. And then Roquan Smith, 10. Well, that'll work. Good job, Roquan. No, yeah. congrats. You've earned the right to be a Dallas Cowboy next year. Here, he won the butt kiss. And uh, speaking of a couple, uh, some of the other awards, I was a little surprised. Not, I guess not surprised, but... Minka Fitzpatrick cleaned up, uh, won the Thorpe Award, which is a little surprising over Josh Jackson, the Iowa corner, and then won the Benaric uh, as the best overall defensive player. So Minka Fitzpatrick also had himself uh, a pretty good week on the award circuit. Uh, yeah, he's good. At, he's pretty good at football. So Minka, enjoy your uh, your awards. Find a room, probably at a, maybe at a parent's house. You don't want to have that crap cluttering up your new house. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, and enjoy your top 10 pick money. It'll be great. Well, you great you recently watched Minka on, on tape. What, what were your initial uh, thoughts on the talented Alabama defensive back? Um, I like him. I think sometimes when we do this, there are players that are a challenge. He's not a challenge as much as Derwin James at Florida State. But I think even Minka was a little bit of a challenge because you watch him on tape and he's playing in the slot. The majority of the time, like he's their nickel cornerback, but I would think at his size, you're either going to play him outside as a corner or maybe even at one of the safety spots because he's big enough and physical enough for that. And so I think he's a really good football player because he can cover and he can tackle. He's physical enough. Everything is there. Um, But I'll just use another name as an example. We also studied uh, Denzel Ward. At Ohio State, that guy I watch play outside. I watch him allow no separation. I watch him make plays on balls in the air constantly. That guy, I think, is going to step into the NFL and as a first-round player and play outside corner, and I watched him do it, and I watched him be outstanding at it despite the fact that he's 5'9", 5'10". Mm-hmm. And with Minka, there's a little bit of the Derwin James, Jalen Ramsey factor. Right. Where I'm sitting there, and I'm like, okay, I guess I'm going to project him to where I think he's most valuable, which is outside corner, and it's kind of something I haven't seen him do a lot yet. I just assume from what I've seen that he can cover pretty well, uh, and that everything's going to be fine. But so now, like you, you talk about the secondary class in this uh, this NFL draft that'll be coming up in April. And you say, okay, like who are you taking at the top of this draft? And the names are Minka Fitzpatrick and Derwin James. And mm-hmm. I don't know, is Denzel Ward one of the names that's considered there? Uh, I think he's a top 15 guy even at, you know, f- even under being 5'10". a tiny person? Yeah. Well, and so those other guys, it's, it's like, <laughs> I think this is going to be a really interesting draft at the top because you're going to hear those names called early and then it's going to be like, okay, now how are you going to make it fit? Like what's right. his role going to be? And... Let's see what how like Jalen Ramsey's been incredible. Mm-hmm. He was just like, yeah, sure, outside corner, done, locked up. Um, so I guess I'll defer to you because you've seen him more. Minka Fitzpatrick, you think he can do that? Yeah, to me, he is an outside corner. That's where I think he fits best. I, we've seen him cover. We've seen the transition technique. We've seen the speed. Um, he's is a tall, long guy. He doesn't have a lot of body armor on him, and I think part of the reason I like him best at outside corner. 
is, of course, I think he can do it at a high level, but also just to protect him. I think at safety, you take a lot more punishment. And with his body size, uh, I think that he would be best suited on the outside at corner. Not to mention, I think, I mean, it's not that safety's not an important position. It is, absolutely. Uh, especially with uh, so many offenses working in the middle of the field, tight ends, uh, using running backs out of the backfield. But if you can shut down one side of the field, if you can take away the other team's top receiver, I mean, that's just a weapon that a lot of defenses are looking and hoping for. So uh, you mentioned Jalen Ramsey, the impact he made. Uh, a lot was talked about with him coming out. He's better safety, better corner. Uh, you know, the versatility is great, but is he good at both spots and not great at either? Uh, with Minka, I think he is very good across the board. I mean, we saw him play linebacker. We saw him play everywhere. Um, but I do think he can be an above average outside cornerback at the next level. Uh, just because he didn't do it, snap in, snap out at Alabama, does not kind of scare me away from projecting him there. It just seems like the the top of this draft class isn't going to be one of those where you have like there's not a Miles Garrett. No, there's not a and this forget what's happened in the NFL since they've been picked. I don't know that there's like a Jameis Mariota going on at quarterback where you felt great, like boom, one right. and two, those two guys, heck yeah. Or even like two years Offensive ago. Offensive tackle, there's right. not like a no doubt. Like I, it's just this is going to be such a flavor class. Just like, hey, what right. what do you want him to do? What do you like? You think about two years ago and the top five two years ago was Goff, Wentz, Bosa, Zeke, Jalen Ramsey. And those are five studs. Uh, you know, I know Goff didn't start great last year, but this year he's in the MVP race with, with what he's done uh, with the Rams this year. Wentz obviously uh, was the favorite by some for the MVP before his uh, unfortunate ACL injury over the weekend. And then, of course, Bosa, Zeke, and Ramsey, three absolute studs on defense. This year, you know, we're talking about Bradley Chubb, Minka Fitzpatrick. These guys are good players, really good players. And I think they can be uh, Pro Bowl type players at the next level. I'm not sure we're going to be talking about them in the same conversation as... Those five MVP candidates? <laughs> yeah, Bosa and Ramsey and those guys. So, you know, and that's not to say this is a weak draft. A lot of times we judge a draft class based on the guys at the top, the the, the names, the quarterbacks. I think there's excellent depth. You're going to find starters in the second and third rounds this year. We just don't have that top-end talent uh, in the top five, top ten. All right, what else? Um, you know what? I wanted to just kick around real quick because the Cleveland Browns uh, fired Sashi Brown, mm-hmm. and I don't think we've talked about it. But John Dorsey, the former uh, Kansas City GM, is going to be the guy in control of running that. And if the owner doesn't mess with you, I think that's an awesome job. Oh, like yeah. if they just find a way to say, hey, look, we got an awesome football guy and John Dorsey, he's going to run everything and we're just going to watch. Like They've already begun to assemble some pretty good talent. And now you're talking about, at least at the moment, what, a two top five picks, three second round picks. Like if you've got a smart football guy and good scouts work in that thing, the Cleveland Browns are should be one of the more talented teams in football in a matter of 12 to 24 months. That should happen. Right. They may or may not need to find a quarterback, but what that's an awesome job if you can just get everybody else to not screw it up. Unfortunately, I don't think Kaiser has done enough to this point to 
tell the front office, hey, you don't need to look for a quarterback. Um, and it's amazing what Josh Gordon can do for you. Uh, when he was out there over the weekend against the Packers, Deshaun Kaiser looked like an NFL starter up until well, he, both of his picks. Uh, the pick towards the end of the half and then in overtime, that just inexplicable throw where he just threw it up in the air for grabs, uh, which basically lost them the game. And the Browns should not have lost that game. They were up 14 points in the second half. Uh, and, you know, unfortunately the play calling and, you know, they played not to lose instead of uh, trying not to uh, to win and run away, f- run away f- with it at home. But yeah, it's, this is a, I think this is a great hire for the Browns. Uh, I'm a big Jordan Dorsey fan, have been for a long time. Um, you know, I mean, full disclosure, I, I've worked with John a lot and so I'm a little biased, but I think that when it comes to scouting, when it comes to football evaluation, he understands what it takes. And I think the most important quality of a GM is not talent acquisition. And I think John can do that. He's very good identifier of talent. And even Sashi Brown showed that he could do that, identify talent. And I mean, you look at the past two drafts of the Browns, there are several hits in, in that mix. Uh, you know, my, even Miles Garrett at one, you know, I don't know if you get credit for that one, but you look at Larry. I don't know Oakland. why they punted on the 25th. Overall pick in the draft. That was weird. <laughs> Larry Ogbenjobi. Uh, you know, there are pl- plenty of players that the Browns drafted outside of day one um, that are going to be uh, good players in this league for a long time. But the most important quality for a GM is team building. And that's where I think John Dorsey can do it. You look at his rosters in KC, uh, setting that team up for success. I think he can do the same thing in Cleveland. What he does at the quarterback position will be you know, paramount to kind of deciding the direction of this franchise. You know, Jimmy Haslam, the owner, even said it uh, in the press conference introducing John Dorsey as a GM that his number one priority will be to find a quarterback. And Deshaun Geyser's name was not mentioned at all. Oh, poor guy. Uh, The possibility of the quarterback already being on the roster was not mentioned at all. So I do think that, you know, Kaiser, I think, can be a good quarterback in this league. He's 21 years old. He's literally the youngest quarterback in the league. I, I do think with with more time, I, I do think he can, uh, you know, have a place in this league. But I'm not sure it's going to be in Cleveland. I do think there's a very good chance they draft a quarterback. Will it be at one? Uh, probably, um, but they don't have to. Uh, like you mentioned, right now they have two top five picks. Um, now I think there's a lot of people that say don't get cute. Just yeah, take yeah, the I mean, top quarterback at one. You've passed on quarterback enough. Right. You've passed on, you could have had Wentz, you could have had Watson, you could have had... Well, that's, you, that's you why Sashi had, Brown doesn't have a job right now. Yeah, you you had a lot of op- options yeah. and a lot of guys in the league right now that look like they can be franchise guys, whether it's Wentz, whether it's Watson. Uh, they would have had a shot at Trubisky, right? They traded down. Well, right? yeah, they, they took Garrett at one, Trubisky went two. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you had your choice of a lot of quarterbacks and you opted yeah. out it's probably time to stop opting out <laughs> just go ahead and pick darnold rosen whoever it is there at the top snag your quarterback right. get to work. now the other job that's open the new york giants mm-hmm. now i put in my application uh if they accept it i'm gonna trade away all the good players so that the cowboys can win and then i'm gonna get fired but how much of a challenge do you think that job is you step in, and I think you have a decision to make at quarterback. Number one, right. is Eli my guy or not? You probably have an offensive line that needs work. Uh, a lot of this team was built with money, free agency money, but you are a year removed from 11 wins. Mm-hmm. Like how, uh, 
How big a challenge is that job? I don't, I mean, it is a challenge a little bit because, again, you mentioned the quarterback spot. Um, I, I think what McAdoo did, uh, Jerry Reese did with the, the handling of the Eli Manning situation, Geno Smith, the last few weeks, kind of did the new GM a favor because now he can, you know, kind of move on from the Eli Manning era if he wants, and the, the blowback already happened. So, a lot of people already expect Eli Manning to be in Jacksonville next year or another team. So they did the new general manager a favor with that. Uh, but it's all about getting the quarterback right. Uh, Giants over the last, uh, what, four, 13, 14 years have not had to worry about the quarterback position. Uh, and that's something that will will change moving forward. So with right now, the Giants have the number two pick. They're going to have a pick in the top three Almost uh, assuredly. I think it's I think it's going to be almost assuredly number two because San Francisco, Jimmy Garoppolo keeps winning games. Yeah. What are you doing, Jimmy? Exactly. You're ruining your own team, Jimmy. Uh-huh. You should be out there throwing games. Uh, At least in the fourth quarter. You show everybody what you got in the first three. You get your money there. <laughs> but in the fourth, you say, Coach, I'm looking out for the best interest of the team. I think Jimmy, interceptions. Jimmy's showing what I said when Jimmy was traded, that if he was in this draft class, he would be the top quarterback. I, I absolutely believe that. Uh, but with the, his college tape, with the college tape, and with what we've seen in the NFL, okay, that's cheating. Well, you're, it's, che- you're it's, cheating, sir. It's not cheating. cheating. It's when you consider what the 49ers had to give up for him—a second-round pick. Yeah, that's why I said all day I would have given up the Browns. If I was the Browns, I would have given up that that Houston first-round pick, which turning out to be possible top five. But I don't know. Uh, Browns didn't look like they even had a chance uh, at Garoppolo. It wasn't where he wanted to go, and the Patriots sent him. Far away from New England. Um, but with uh, the Giants, I think, uh, you know, probably Gettleman is the favorite for that job. Former Panthers GM. Uh, he's got a background with the Giants. But we'll have to see how they do it. I think it's a great job. Uh, you know, you have stable ownership. Uh, the Giants are one of the, you know, iconic teams in the league. And you have a team filled with a lot of talent. Uh, you have a big, couple of big decisions to make. A quarterback. Um, do you make Odell Beckham the highest paid player in the league like he wants to be? The, you know, top non-quarterback in terms of salary. You have a lot of questions that need to be answered there, but absolutely, it's a great job. All right, what else we got for Trust the Tape today? Where do you want to go? Uh, well, we have some more Senior Bowl invites we could talk about. Um, Jalen Samuels, the H-back from NC State, the do-everything type oh, he's of fun. Uh, weapon. He's a lot of fun. Part tight end, part running back, part H-back. Uh, he'll lead block, he'll take handoffs, he'll catch the ball at the backfield, pass protect. Uh, he lines up everywhere. You can motion him out, backfield, out wide, in line. He'll take Wildcat. And I think he can, that versatility is key. And I think that's what he can do at the NFL level with an, an offensive coordinator who understands his skill set. If he gets stuck with an offensive coordinator that just wants to pigeonhole him at tight end or running back, uh, it's not going to work out very well. But hopefully he goes to uh, you know a creative place. I look at his skill set and I see a fusion of Ty Montgomery and Rex Burkhead. If you took those two, meshed them together, the result would look like Jalen Samuels, I think. So I think he's a day two player. Um, and I'm eager to see him at the senior bowl. You know, where does he line up? How do they use him? That'll be interesting. <clears throat> um Wuma Akafora, offensive tackle from Western Michigan. Say again. <clears throat> uh you're only getting once on that one. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Okay. He's he's a guy that uh you say Western Michigan? Yeah, another well, they've been, one. They've been turning out NFL players. Another, especially on the offensive line. Uh, this is what the third one in the last three years. So uh, I'm eager to see him at the Senior Bowl because he's so young. Um, he's a 
He immigrated from Botswana, I think, in 2010. And so he's late to football, and you can tell, but he's big, he's quick, he's strong. Um, he's he's a guy that doesn't really know what he's doing a lot of times with his hands and uh, with his setup a lot. But you can tell that you know it's it's coming up, it's coming on for him. And I think a lot of teams view him as a first round pick already. But what he does at the Senior Bowl will really be a big step for him. Uh, he has a chance to make a lot of money down in Mobile. Is this the uh, same guy that we were talking about? Was it last year? Was what a guy named Moten that was a tackle out of there? Yep, Moten that, who went what was he top seventy? Yeah, and everybody kind of already knew that there was a guy behind him, or right. he's, what were they playing the opposite side? That was like, hey, just wait, there's another one coming. Right, exactly. Um, and so this guy, he's really talented. I just you need to see you need to see more from a technique perspective. And then how does he take coaching? Uh, it's going to be big for him day one to day three in practice. Is he taking the coaching he's receiving uh, and implementing the different techniques and things like that? So eager to see him throughout the week of practice, the senior bowl. Uh, who else we got? James Washington, wide receiver from Oklahoma state. Uh, he accepted his invite, which is great. Uh, I feel pretty good saying that Calvin Ridley is the top wide receiver prospect this year, but in terms of the top senior wide receiver prospect, that's where I'm a little torn. Cause I like Anthony Miller a lot from Memphis uh, James Washington from Oklahoma State, really good. Um, Washington at Senior Bowl, eager to see him with his route running. Uh, you know, he's a drifter. He's a guy that likes to round off his routes. Need to see him get a little better in that area. So the Senior Bowl would be a big opportunity to show that he can do that. Washington is, um, we watched all those guys, and I like, so far at least I agree with you. Calvin Ridley, I think he can be, well, he could be a lot of fun in the NFL, yeah. like, especially now that we're seeing, you think about some of the best guys in the NFL at this point, and you got guys like Odell Beckham and Antonio Brown, where it is, it's shiftiness, it's quickness, it's route running. Get open. Like that. That's Calvin Ridley. Yeah. It's like, it's sudden, it's crisp, it's all. And it's controlled, too. He, yeah. He's not wild. You know, he knows every movement has a, um, a reason for it where he's not out of control. He's he's in complete control of his routes. But Washington's a lot of fun too just because he's like that's a solidly built dude yeah. who, you know, if the football gets there, and it, I talked about Denzel Ward earlier at the mm-hmm. catch point on defense, well, on offense, James Washington, if it touches his hands, you can't have it. Yeah. Like he's, that's a tough dude that if the ball gets to him, it belongs to him. Hand strength. Despite not yeah. being 6'2", what is he? He's probably like 5'11 and 220. Like it's, right. a, it's a different build for a receiver, mm-hmm. but he's athletic enough, and he's just going to catch it all the time. Right, and yeah, his forearms, his wrists, his hands, very strong, so he's so powerful at the catch point. But again, coming from the Oklahoma State offense where a ton of vertical routes, um, a lot of, you know, just he wasn't asked to run the full route tree and he wasn't asked to consistently separate on his own, um, especially against Big 12 defenses. So eager to see him in one-on-one situations during senior bowl practice, see how he does uh, in those types of situations. A couple others, uh, two tight ends, Durham Smythe from Notre Dame and Troy Fumagalli from Wisconsin. This this gives us seven tight ends now on the senior bowl roster um, Chris Herndon from Miami, he won't be able to play, or we expect won't be able to play because of the knee uh, injury he suffered late in the year. So that gives us six. And Mike Gusecki, the Penn State tight end, is not one of them. I wonder if he is 
not going to participate in the Senior Bowl because we already have our six tight ends, uh, or maybe he's unsure and Senior Bowl's just going to, you know, they don't expect him to play. That's why they're loading up on tight ends. Uh, but regardless, uh, the two these two tight ends that I accepted recently, Smythe and, and Fumagall, are two good ones. Smythe, he's the next tight end for that Notre Dame pipeline. Big, physical, uh, big target. Not the most athletic guy who's going to create a lot of space, but uh, he, he's he was underutilized at Notre Dame. I, I think he could have a better pro career than college career. And then Fumagalli, natural pass catcher, despite, and we're going to hear this over and over and over throughout the draft process, we we'll probably have to do a segment at some point on the podcast about the overuse things we'll hear this draft season. Like Josh Rosen throws a pretty ball. We'll hear that a lot. Well, he does. He does. It's, it's beautiful. It, we'll hear it over and over. It's Oh, it's stunning, though. When it comes to Troy Fumagalli, he only has nine fingers. And we're going to hear that over and over and over. Which one's missing? Um, The left index, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, left index. Ooh, that's a tough one. What's so, his drop rate? No, he's that's, that's the Doesn't thing about drop him. anything? No, very natural hands catcher. Uh, does well in traffic. Uh, but he better because he doesn't separate a lot. So he, he catches really well. Okay, so he doesn't get open and he's missing a, a, a digit? Yeah. Okay. So he's interesting. Yeah. Uh, but he catches everything his way. He does a really tape, nice job in traffic. I'm going to tape this finger down for a couple <laughs> weeks and just let you know because I feel like I need to experience just to, to know if I believe in him. Well, and... It happened like right after birth. So he's used to it. It's it's the only thing he knows. It's not like this happened in a freak accident last week um, where it's something that can hinder him moving forward. He doesn't know how to operate his life with 10 fingers. So if you, if you add, if you were able to, you know, do a a finger, uh, add a finger to his hand some way, it might hinder him because he doesn't know how to use 10. He just understands how to use nine. I think we should try it. I think we should slap one on there and just see. Does he, <laughs> I need to see his hand. Does he still have the same amount of room from middle to thumb? I don't, I've don't. i never actually seen it up close. Well, you got to get this scouted, Dane. I, For crying out loud, at the Senior Bowl, take a peek. I Let mean, me know. is the gloves only have four fingers? And, I, they have to, yeah, right? I guess. And who designs it? Good question. It, yeah, well, there's a lot of work for but you. But like I, I said, there's a cover story there. We're going to hear a lot about it. Uh, that's going to be a, a topic that comes up. So those are a few senior bowl declarations that, that rosters fill in real quickly. Uh, we also have uh, a lot of NFL draft uh, declarations. Now that uh, the regular season's over and some of the juniors starting to come out, a couple uh, this week already, Taven Bryan, defense tackle from Florida. He might be the best athlete from that Florida defense. He's really good. Uh Son of a Navy SEAL. He was kind of groomed to play football at a high level. Uh, somewhat underrated recruit out of Wyoming. The first Wyoming kid to go to Florida and play. Uh, but the Gators, they found a real gem. And they groomed him. And he really started to come on this year. He's so quick off the snap. His reflexes, his body control, the balance, uh, his hand strength. If he's one-on-one, he's going to stack, shed, and ragdoll uh, and he makes it look, look makes it look easy. Uh, I've seen that from a Florida D tackle before. That was my yeah, guy, couple. Dominique Easley. There you go. That's my guy. When he's left one on one, he's going to win. My question with Brian is, he's so he sells out to penetrate. All right, he gives that, that, that his number one focus is to get to the quarterback. But a lot of times he leaves open his gap and he just gets killed versus the run. So if he can improve that gap discipline, become a better player against a run. Uh, you know he's he's he could be a first round pick. He could be that good because of the flashes and you know, where you see him being down the road. Uh, Taven Bryan's a very very talented player. Derek Wolf, you know, kind of a that type of player. Uh, so Taven Bryan, a name to keep an eye on. 
Jordan Whitehead, safety from Pitt, uh, he declared. He's a guy that's going to require a lot of work. Uh, I think he's a better athlete than pure football player right now. Um, if you draft him high, it's more based on potential than anything else. Uh, he's 5'10", 190. Very good athlete. Lined up at corner, lined up at safety. Uh, even lined up at running back. Um, you know, just by this description of him, kind of sounds like Jabril Peppers from last year. Um, Take him in the first round. Yeah, is he going to test he really go well? In the sixth. And, yeah. So yeah, Jordan great. Whitehead. He he also has some off field stuff. Suspended the first three games of this year. Uh, he missed a game last year. So Jordan Whitehead's going to take a lot of a lot of homework on our part to figure him out because he he has some flashes that are first round quality, but the body of work is just not there yet. And then the last one, Maya Tuahima. This is a declaration that I actually reported over the weekend. Uh, but you broke the story? I did break the story. Exclusive, exclusive? Exclusive, exclusive. Nice. Uh, Tuhima. He was a five-star guy from here locally, from uh, Keller, I think. Um, Good people out there in Keller. Yeah. Out by, uh, what, close to Fort Worth. He um, he was uh, he played everywhere on the LSU offensive line. Uh, both guard spots, right tackle, and then over the summer. Ten fingers, ten toes? Pretty sure, as far as I know, yes. Okay. Uh, over the summer, he was suspended for academics, and he left, went to southeast Louisiana where his brother played, uh, played this season at left tackle for them at the FCS level. So, And then he came out, uh, this being his junior year, so he'll be in this draft class. I think he has a chance to be, a, you, I'd say, probably a third, fourth-round type of guy, depending on how he tests. But uh, he, he's definitely a name to keep an eye on for a team looking for uh, a guard prospect. He played left tackle this year, but I think he's better inside. All right, is there anything else you want to do? Because otherwise, we're going to wrap this up, and I'm just going to tell you that you pulled it off. Yeah, I think... I think uh, you had your flu game. Yeah. Um, If this were football and you were a quarterback, I think you had about 280 yards, three touchdowns, and a pick. Hey, it's better than Tom Brady last night. I'll take it. Well, yeah, Tom Brady's a terrible player. He's just... You know, well, if he has to go to Miami, it doesn't work out very well. Well, going into that game, we knew Jay Cutler was a better player, and <laughs> you know true. it was really proven. Just look at where they were drafted. That's true. Yeah, exactly. Trust the tape. All right, guys. <laughs> we will talk to everybody next week, and we love you. Hey, on the iTunes or wherever you listen to the podcast, leave the five-star review. If you can't do it today after what Dane just did for you, after this dude drop-kicked death right in the chest to come in and do this podcast, five-star review it. And leave us in the comment section, not favorite farm animal, favorite show from the 2000s, your favorite show from 2000 to 2009. It can't be in the 10s and it can't be in the 90s. Okay, we got to go. We'll talk to you next week. Trust the tape. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 